Hello, friends and family. God bless you. My name is Gail Manizak, and you know, I just want to thank you for joining me today. I'm going to be speaking a little bit on holiness and humility. And um, recently I've been studying uh, some of Andrew Murray's teachings. Andrew Murray was, um, he was born in 1828 and he lived till 1917. His books have been very, very interesting. And I believe I've been growing and maturing from those. So I want to share a little bit about holiness and about humility. Um, I think... You know, you can't have one without the other, I want to say. But let's go to the scriptures in Isaiah 65, 5. It says, Stand by thyself, for I am holier than thou. So, you know, we hear a great deal of seekers after holiness and professors of holiness, of holiness teaching and of holiness meetings. And the great test of whether the holiness that we profess to seek or attain is truth and its life will be whether it be manifest in the increasing humility that it produces. So in the creature, humility is the uh, one thing needed to allow God's holiness to dwell in him and to shine through him. In Jesus, the Holy One of God, who see, who makes us holy, a divine humiliation was the secret of his death and his exaltation. The one infallible test of our holiness within our own lives will be the humility before God and the humility before men that makes us. So humility is... Humility is the bloom and it is the beauty of holiness. So the chief mark of counterfeit holiness is a lack of humility. Every seeker after holiness needs to be on his guard, lest unconsciously what has begun in the spirit is perfected in the flesh. And then pride creeps in where its presence is least expected. So... There were two men, it says in the Bible in Luke chapter 18, that went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. There's no place or position so sacred but that the, the Pharisee can enter there. So pride can lift up its head in the very temple of God, right? And make his worship the scene of, of its self-exaltation. And since the time of Christ so exposed his pride, the Pharisee has put on the garb of the publican and the confessor of deep sinfulness equally with the professor of the highest holiness. So maybe on the, or we must always, always actually be on the watch for that just when we're probably are more, most anxious to have our heart be the temple of God. Then we find two men coming up to pray, right? And the publican will find that his danger is not from the Pharisee beside him who despises him, but the Pharisee within, right? Who commends 
and um, exalts him. So in God's temple, in 1 Corinthians 6.19, when we think we are the holiest of all in the presence of his holiness, of Christ's holiness, we have to beware of pride. Job 1 and 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So, the scripture says, God, in Luke 18, 11, God, I thank thee that I am not as the other men here, or even as this publican. And it's in that which which is just cause for thanksgiving. It's in the very thanksgiving which we render to God. It may be in the very confession that God has done it all. That self finds its cause of complacency. So even when in the temple where the language of penitence and trust in God's mercy alone is heard, the Pharisee could take, might take, may take up the note of praise and in thanking God may be congratulating himself. Now that right there is something to think about. You know, we are dealing with, um, even though we're born again, we are a new creation. We have, we are still in this body of flesh and can be tempted with anything actually. But today we're talking about pride. We're talking about humility and holiness. Pride can clothe itself in a garment of praise or even of penitence. Even though the words, I'm not as other men are, are rejected and they're condemned, their spirit might too often be found in our feelings or in our language towards our fellow worshipers and towards our fellow men. So would you know if this really is so? Just listen to the way in which churches and Christians often speak to one another. How little of the meekness and the gentleness of Jesus is to be seen there. It's so little remembered that deep humility must be the keynote of what the servants of Jesus say of themselves or each other. Is there not many a church or assembly of saints, many a mission maybe, or convention, many a society or committee, even many a mission away in the area of heathendom where the harmony has been disturbed and the work of God has been hindered because of men who are counted saints and have proved in touchiness, or this is the way they've acted, in touchiness, in haste, in impatience, in self-defense, and in self-assertion or sharp judgments and unkind words. And they did not each reckon others better than themselves. Amen. The Bible tells us to prefer one another and that their, their holiness has but little in it of the meekness of the of a true saint. So in their spiritual history, men may may have had times of great humbling and may have had times of great brokenness. But what a different thing this is from being clothed with humility, right? 
so from having a humble spirit from having that lowliness of mind in which each counts himself the servant of others and so shows forth the very mind which was also in Jesus Christ as we see in Philippians 2 verse 5 and then you know stand by for I am holier than thou it goes on to say what a a parody on holiness Jesus the Holy One he is the humble one the holiest will ever be the humblest so there's none holy but God we have as much holiness as we have um, of God and according to what we have of God will be our real hum humility because humility is nothing but a disappearance of self in the vision that God is all in all so the holiest will be the humblest and though the barefaced boasting Jew of the days in Isaiah 65 5 is not often to be found even our manners have taught us not to speak this way how often his spirit is still seen whether in the treatment of fellow saints or of the children of the world that spirit that selfish unkind spirit of pride is still in the world today and it does attempt to affect us so in the spirit in which opinions are given say though the the garb be that of the publican that voice is still sometimes that of the pharisee Oh God, as he said, Oh God, I thank thee that I am not as other men. And then is there, <clears throat> excuse me, such humility to be found that, that men shall indeed still count themselves less than the least of all saints, as it says in Ephesians 3, 8. The servants of all, there is love, Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, seeketh not her own. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5. Where the spirit of love is shed abroad in the heart, Romans 5, 5. And where the divine nature comes to a full birth, where Christ, the meek and lowly Lamb of God, is truly formed within, there is given the power of a perfect love, a power of a perfect love that forgets itself and finds its blessedness in what in blessing others so in bearing with excuse me I lost my train of thought I didn't lose my train of thought I lost my notes in bearing with and bearing with them and honoring them as feeble as that might be where this love enters there god enters in and where god has entered in his power and in his power and he reveals as all there the creature becomes nothing and and where the creature becomes nothing he is humbled towards his fellow creatures and the presence of God becomes not a a thing of times and seasons but the covering under which the soul 
ever dwells, its deep abasement before God becomes the holy place of his presence, where all his words and all his works proceed. So may God teach us that our thoughts, our words, and our feelings say concerning our fellow man, men and women are the real test, are his test of our humility towards him and of our humility before him is the only power that can enable us to always be humble with our fellow man. <coughs> Excuse me. Our humility must be the, the life of Christ, the Lamb of God within us. So we must let Him live through us, shine through us. He must be our all in all, us being emptied out. None of us and all of Him. Let all teachers of holiness, whether in the, in, they're in the pulpit or whether they're in the platform, and all seekers after holiness, whether in the closet or in the convention take warning there's no pride so dangerous because none is so subtle and insidious as the pride of holiness so there grows up all unconsciousness a hidden habit of soul that feels complacency in its attainments and cannot help seeing how far it is in advance to others It can be recognized not always, not always in any special self-assertion or self-laudation, but simply in the absence of that deep self-abasement which cannot but be the mark of the soul that has seen the glory of God, as it says in Job's four, Job 42 and Isaiah 6, 42, 5 and 6, and then Isaiah 6 verse 5 so it reveals itself not, not only in words or in thoughts but in a tone in a way of speaking of others in which you know those who have the gift of spiritual discernment cannot but recognize the power of self even the world with <coughs> excuse me even the world with its keen eyes notices and points to it as proof that the profession of a heavenly life does not bear any special heavenly fruits so in regard to that as i close here you know we must beware of this unless we make the increase of humility our study we might find that the only sure mark of the presence of God, the disappearance of self, was all um, the time wanting. So come and let us flee to Jesus. Let us run to Jesus. Let us go and hide ourselves in Jesus until we be clothed with his humility. Is that not what the Bible says, to be clothed with his humility? So that alone is our holiness. So I encourage you today to study a little bit on holiness, um, not just because I am, but um, 
because it is is such a part of holiness that we can't ignore it anymore. It's not taught in our churches. It's uh, seldom ever even talked about in circles that I'm aware of. And, and I think I get around quite a bit to different uh, groups, prayer meetings and women's meetings and um, visiting churches and that type of thing, but it, it's seldom heard. Once again, just like other things that I've spoke about recently in regard to Jesus told us to go and set the captives free. How many times do you see where you're being taught that in the Bible? How, how many times do you see in regard to humility that you're being taught that? Not in the Bible, in the church is what I meant. I apologize for that. But we need to be, the, the Bible says that we're going to go and make disciples of all men if we're going to make disciples of all men, we have to talk about the things that Jesus talked about. Talk about the things that, who Jesus was. He, he is our example. His humility, his fruit, his character. That's who we're to become. Yes, when we're born again, we, we are not that overnight. Though we are a new creation, we are in the process of being molded and made into his image. But we have to be ever so careful because even in the in the way of holiness, you can find yourself becoming a Pharisee if you're not careful. And that old demon, we'll just call it what it is, of pride rising up within you or me. So in saying that, let's keep our focus on the good things of God and the things the um, scriptures where Jesus is giving us instruction and encouragement and of course everything about Jesus that we see and know about him we need to go after that can we attain it ourselves? no but it has been bought and paid for at the cross for us so when we find and and I find myself falling short in humility or short in you know being humble with my brethren or sisters or family or spouse I find myself being uh, not always using gentle and kind words and that type of thing that Jesus has instructed us then I need to seek God for help amen let's just put it that bluntly just asking God for help because we can't do it all on our own and like I said he paid the price for us to walk in holiness but we're the ones that have to go after it amen we can't just sit back and say okay well i got born again today so everything's good and i'm going to heaven and no that is not the way it is we have to what we've received to process to apply to ourselves and continue to do that our whole life because every single thing that um, christ laid down his life for and you have received that gift you are going to pay a price to walk in that anointing that Jesus walked in that call that uh, call that he has called you to his perfect will for you so in saying that let us just press forward like Paul said to to the high call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord God bless you each and every one.